you're listening to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. This podcast exists to encourage, empower, and equip you to share your story, and with it, the gospel. On today's episode, Kip and I sat down for the takeaway to discuss what is a testimony. We talk about the different factors that create them, why we should share them, and the importance of emphasizing the gospel inside of them. Thanks for tuning back in, everybody. So, for the first time, welcome to The Takeaway. The Takeaway is a better name than Solo Session. Yeah. Can you explain where you came up with the name, The Takeaway? So, a takeaway show in music is typically like a stripped-away concert where it's very minimal. And you can also have a takeaway point from a lesson. And so, without a guest, it feels... Stripped down, more minimal when it's just me and you. And hopefully there's some lessons to be learned here for us and for you guys as well. So play on words, trying to be smart, clever, whatever you want to call it. That's where it came from. Sweet. I like it. I think it's going to be cool. It has a nice a nice sound to it. Yeah, it's catchy enough, right? Take away. Maybe not. Cast that over the beginning. Take away. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, What are we talking about today? So today we're asking the question, what is a testimony? It's a good question. And before we get into that, no cheesy stuff. Oh yeah, no Webster's Dictionary. Not that I have anything against Webster's. I, I like dictionaries, but... I'm more of a Miriam fan. Oh my goodness gracious. I don't know what to say right now. How would you define a testimony? In short... Your story. Your story is your testimony. And what you've gone through in life, your perspective. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's it. It's it's straightforward and simple. Um, I want to add to that maybe just a little bit too and say, you know, it's it's the story of how you met Jesus or how or or a story about an encounter with God. I think you know, sometimes when we talk about testimonies, I'm very guilty of this. Um, we think of it just in the the broad scope where it's like how you came to salvation, how you came to faith, how you came to believe the gospel. But I think a testimony too, um, as a Christian, can look like just a moment where you had that aha moment, that realization, that revelation about an aspect of God or or something that you were struggling with that God was speaking into. Does that make sense? A moment when he reveals something to you, whether yeah. it's himself or an obvious answer to a question or conviction maybe even. Yeah, yeah. Or he does something in your life. Yeah. Yeah. What's been your personal experience with testimonies? Mm. That's interesting because, you know, as, as someone who didn't grow up in the church, it was a very foreign concept. Um, you know, I know I've shared on here before, but I didn't, I didn't share my testimony until uh, a mission trip to Honduras. So it had to have been about a year, year and a half after I got saved that I was willing to share it. And at, before then, I had not shared it with anybody, even one-on-one. Unfortunately, I don't think that's as uncommon as you may think, I feel like even as 
my life. I grew up in the church. I don't think I shared it until I went on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't recall growing up being taught your testimony is something you shared necessarily. I think that's really probably a foreign concept to a lot of, especially in the South, Christians that are maybe just religious. Yeah. Like, maybe it's just me, but it, I, I don't recall it being, as we'll get into, something we're taught as a tool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can get that last part from, from my early experiences. I think that's changed, like we'll talk about in a little while, but... I think mainly I'm just thinking, you know, I saw people sharing testimonies, but it was never really explained why, because coming from the outside into the church, like no one outside of the church just sits down on very rare occasions and just tells their life story. That's very, that's pretty rare. I think I'd never really encountered it. In fact, I've been taught the opposite, like the way I grew up, like you don't tell anybody what's going on with you. Um, you don't, you definitely want to talk about the things that you're struggling with in life or the bad things that have happened to you. Um, so that, that's what I mean by it being a foreign concept at yeah. that time. So that, I mean, that was my experience and you know, that's changed over time. And I've, at first it was just, you know, how you interacted with the church because I know I, I had to share my testimony in front of our entire church through a video in order to get baptized we've changed that since which praise god i think i think that was something that needed to change um that's a lot to ask of somebody who's new to their faith and i'm not saying that's a bad thing to ask but that's not really a natural way to do it mm -hmm. like the first time you're telling your story um, in our case to a couple hundred to a couple thousand people Whereas I feel like it's a lot more of an intimate thing. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a definitely a historical reason why the church did that and why our church did that. And we'll, we'll get into that, but you know, that, that was some of my experiences. It was just something that you did for the church in front of the church to like, you just shared with other Christians, your experience with God to uplift and encourage other people. And that's, that's what the, a testimony was for. Yeah. And I, I see the benefit of accountability with that as well. But yeah, I, I have to say I agree that it's thankful it's not necessarily a requirement. I definitely think it's beneficial to share. Obviously, you know, that's the whole point of this podcast and, you know, Kip and I have a heart for that. Well, I'm curious, like, because you hinted at this, you grew up in the church. Mm hmm did were you given like a very clear idea of what a testimony was was it talked about regularly i don't i don't think so i mean i'm i'm looking back i've grown up in a few churches over the years as a kid and i i really don't think it was talked about it was more the gospel back then it was a lot of fire and brimstone N not always but no, I you know I I really failed to see where testimonies were. I don't think I knew that term honestly until I was in high middle school, high school. Wow, huh. that's good to know. Yeah, so I I think your upbringing is a lot more common globally than you would expect. 
Like, as a Christian, I want to be seen as the good kid who never did anything wrong. And while my testimony may look like that to a lot of people, um, you know, as, as I've shared on the podcast, I was fortunate not to, to make any, um, like, choices with drugs or alcohol growing up or, you know, anything like that. And I'm not perfect by any means. You know, I have just as much need for a savior as everyone else. My my downfalls weren't big and obvious as some people's. Um, but that whole, I, mean, I guess it's the social media environment today existed back then, but we didn't call it that. Mm-hmm. You just didn't want people to see your baggage. Yeah. That's a good point. I, it's totally a side tangent, but now I'm thinking about it. We were a lot more open on, on social media back in the day. Oh yeah. Like you shared what you were struggling with. Like if you were having a bad day, you posted a Facebook status about it. That's where we did that stupid thing where it's like your name. So it was like, Kip is, is sad. <laughs> I don't We, we were still figuring stuff out. Oh man. Well, I mean, looking back on what is it? Time hop. Um, specifically on Facebook, like 12 years ago, every now and then I'll check it. It's like, is having a bad day? I'm like, good to know. <laughs> like, why? I like, why was I looking for sympathy? Was I, you know, I was a teenager, so there's got to be some angst in there. But it's just interesting to see how things change over time. Yeah. And I think that I think that's a cool thing too with with what we're talking about is you know we're looking at a world that's built around social media and influencers and and all that stuff, and they have to put on this front of perfection, regardless of if they, if they're in the church or not. Like you have to be careful about where you step, what you say, what you do, what you what you interact with. And I think it's a cool thing about testimonies uh, is you know we're revealing I'm not perfect. I've I've made some really terrible mistakes in the past, even if those are just things that happened in your heart, because it reveals grace to the world. Um, in a world where there's there's no grace right now, like you have to be perfect, you have to be perceived as perfect, um, and if you put one toe out of line, you get canceled. Well, and to that point, exactly. Paige and I were watching a documentary the other night, and. This person who's a, a public figure was talking with their publicist and, you know, one of their trusted family members about making a statement against something. And their publicist was like, I don't think you should post that or say that because what if years down the road you actually do what you said you shouldn't? Mm. And that hit me like exactly what you're saying is I have to be careful what I say today according to society and, and cancel culture because of what tomorrow may look like. And to be honest, there's a real possibility of saying I'm a Christian today. will have some very heavy consequences in the future. Yeah. Wow. That's good. It's a random tangent, but um, instead of looking at the future, let's, let's look at the past a little bit real quick. Bringing it back. <laughs> so, do you know like about traditionally how testimonies looked for the early church? That's a weird way to phrase that, but we'll roll with it. 
Um, like in scripture historically, or in the church. I know there's some scripture, and I've we're, we've got some pulled up. We'll look at it here in a in a minute or two. But let's just say the early church. I mean, I see your notes, but no. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we'll just go to my notes then. Uh, so basically, the early church, as they were dealing with persecution, uh, mostly from Rome, they used testimonies as a way to sort of test each other out. Um, I wonder if that's where that derived. No, there's no way that's where that derives from. They spoke a totally different language. Test, testimony. I don't know. But that I mean, is. <laughs> It could be a translation thing, like that's maybe I'm gonna look into that. That that might be root words. Yeah, look at the Greek there. That might be cool. So is that when they would do like draw the Jesus fish? Yeah, the ichthys. Is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah. Never knew that. Yep. Something to do with the the way the Greek letters are spelled out. It it means fish or says fish. I don't know all the details on it. But for anyone who doesn't know, like the early church uh, Christians would carve out this, this fish symbol. It's the thing that you see on the back of people's cars sometimes. And it would indicate that they were a follower of Jesus so that if another follower of Jesus saw them, um, they could just indicate to each other. It's like, Hey, I'm the real deal. I'm not going to like turn you into the Romans and have you persecuted or killed because of what you believe. Baptism was another, like if, if, if a church got together and they witnessed someone being baptized, it's like he's all in, like he's committed because that was something where if you got baptized and a Roman official found out, or let's say uh, a, a super zealous Jew, uh, they would they would persecute you. They'd come after you. Um, and then the other thing would be stories. Like they would they would tell each other. They would sit down and gather together and talk about what God had done in their lives, how they had come to know who Jesus was. Um, and that broke down all sorts of barriers. Like it didn't matter if you were, you were enslaved, if you were a Roman, if you were, uh, you know, a, a Jewish person at that time, it, a, a Gaul. It didn't matter if you came in to a church gathering and you shared how you came to know God, and you you truly exhibited the change that the Holy Spirit brings in your life. They accepted you as a brother or sister in Christ. It tore down all barriers. And you know, that's pretty cool because we, we see that even carried into the church today, um, especially in the underground church, where like if you read any stories that come out of out of China, uh, Insanity of God by Nick Ripkin. If you haven't read it, no, you need to read it. But it's, it's really cool. He shares a lot of stories of persecuted Christians in the underground church overseas, especially China. Um and one thing that they'll do is they'll just they'll swap stories. Like if someone comes in who's new, they kind of test them out. They fill them out, and it's like, is this guy a Christian? I can't tell. And then if the person starts telling them a story of how they got thrown in jail for sharing the gospel, then they're like, ah, he's a real, th- he's the real thing. I can relate to that, <laughs> not personally, but in the un- speaking as someone in that situation. Right, right. I've not been in prison for my faith. But what about, do you see this in the church now? Like, you know, we're in America, but do we see that here? Yeah. So similarly, maybe not to the same extent, you know, when I find when I share my testimony or my story with someone, it allows me to make a connection. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to share 
similarities, differences, sometimes both, with someone and kind of let them know where I am in life, where I've been. Um, and if they share theirs, likewise, they can bring different challenges. So if I'm sharing about overcoming an addiction and the person I'm sharing with is currently in an addiction, you know, it's an opportunity for them to accept the challenge to surrender that to God. Um, or if I'm struggling with an addiction and they were able to surrender that to God and he helped them overcome it, they can share that as an encouragement with me. Mm-hmm. And so our stories really, really allow us to, to even more than connection, make a bond with somebody. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a really great example uh, or a great point about what sharing your faith looks like mm. and what sharing a testimony looks like in action because I know we've, we've pointed out before, but so, some of these like heavier topics that come out of scripture can be hard for someone to understand who do, is just not familiar with scripture. Like I could sit here and talk about the suffering servant prophecies in Isaiah all I want to, but someone who's never picked up a Bible and has no background in the church is going to have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. We talk about Calvinism versus Arminianism and it's just not going to, it's not going to matter. Um, but if I tell someone about how I'm going to get real personal, how I, I, you know, struggled with, with smoking for a while, mm. then they can connect to that. And, you know, smoking is probably not a sin, but not taking care of your bodies is, is not good. Um, I think scripture says a lot about how you're supposed to take care of your body. So that's something that someone could, could connect with It's like, Oh, well I've dealt with that and I've tried to quit before. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? And then it leads to saying, like, you know, I had friends who came in and held me accountable. And they did that because they love Jesus and they they know Jesus loves me. So they wanted to show me that love, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, simply put, testimonies are put on display in the day-to-day stuff. So if if I'm telling you this is my story and we're friends, you're either going to see that as true or you're going to see what my real walk is. Well, I think it'd be cool to take a look at some scripture that shows what a testimony looks like, like what form it takes. And Acts 26 gives us a great example. Um, Paul's standing before uh, King Agrippa, who I'm just going to give a little backstory here just real quick. So this guy is basically uh, in charge of Israel at this time. Um, they've they've pretty much fallen. Um, he's basically just a king over a rubble at this point. But you know he's caught Paul. He's got Paul prisoner, and so Paul is going to take this as an opportunity to one share his testimony, but two share the gospel. So let's go ahead and read that. Buckle up, guys. This is Acts 26, 4 through 29. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers to which our 12 tribes hope to attain 
as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by Jews, O king. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them to even foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light to both our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind. Most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things have escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, In a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Boom. See, Paul's out here spitting truth. Although I, I will admit, I was really hoping that you would do the old man Paul voice. Therefore, King Agrippa. No? Nah. Okay, I tried. I tried, guys. He He wouldn't go for it. But what's cool here um, in this passage is we see a very clear layout of what a testimony should look like, um, just a, a solid model that we can base our own testimonies off of. Typically, people pull a three-point testimony out of this, which would be what your life like looks like before Christ. So the persecution. 
for yeah for paul it's it's him persecuting the christians um the moment you met jesus Mm -hmm. so road to damascus road to damascus and then what your life like looks like now which imprisonment which we see paul in prison and sharing his faith um i however i kind of want to point out that we actually see a five point testimony and this is the one that i think we should model ourselves after and by this i mean one we see paul's life before jesus persecuting the christians we see the moment he met jesus the damascus road moment we see him share the gospel within his testimony i'm going to point that out it's verse 23 he says that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. That's the gospel. Like just straight out that one verse short, sweet and simple. Um, but somewhere in your testimony, you have to share the gospel. You can't just say, well, then I, then I met Jesus. You need to tell people what the gospel is. Um, then the fourth thing we see in, in section uh, or verses 24 through 28 what your life like looks like now. So for Paul, that's being imprisoned in chains, um, but being faithful to God still. But then the fifth thing is you turn it around and you ask the person you're sharing your testimony with what they believe. And we see Paul do that um, in verse 27. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. So I think that's how we should model our testimonies uh, entirely based off of what Paul does here in Acts 26. What your life like looked like before Christ, the moment you met Jesus, share the gospel in there, even though it can be short, sweet, and simple. What your life has looked like since meeting Christ, and then turn it around and ask that person what they believe, or ask them if they have any questions for you. I, I think, and we talked about this before this takeaway episode and we'll talk about it in another episode but i would say ending with a question or being willing to take questions at the end absolutely i think asking what they believe can go either at the beginning or the end that's true we'll get into why later in another episode but absolutely not necessarily a call to action but creating an open dialogue yeah. is super important way to end it. Yeah, this is, and we're gonna we're gonna have a whole set of episodes where we talk about sharing your faith with other people here pretty soon. But what you're saying there is what we're getting at. This is about creating discussion. It's not about going out and just yelling some yelling the gospel at somebody and walking away um just planting seeds and running away from the field it's you're not standing on a street corner the end is nigh that's not the point not just throwing a track at somebody and and walking away um i I don't want to degrade those things i'm sure they've worked in some ways in the past but I i think right now where we are um in society is people need they need discussion they need conversation um you know we just spent most of the world just spent the last year in total isolation Mm -hmm. and what people are longing for right now more than anything else is human connection and if you go out and you your goal is to create relationships and foster relationships with people to have discussions then i think you're going to see way more fruit and not to say that God can't use those things, because God can use whatever 
he wants and whatever he deems fit. But we're given an example for a reason. Yeah. And it'd be foolish to ignore that. So, just to recap, your testimony is your personal experience with Jesus and a great tool to create a connection and relate to other people. Um, to believers, it's a way to encourage or challenge, but it's also an important tool that you can use to to share the, the gospel and the love of Jesus in a real way, in a tangible way. Well, in our, our next, I wrote a solo session on my notes. I see that. In our next uh, takeaway. In the next takeaway. The next takeaway. I'm going to have to get that nailed down. In, in, in the next takeaway, uh, we'll be discussing what the gospel is because, well, believe it or not, quite frankly, uh, a lot of Christians have no idea what it is. So we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing an episode with a friend. You can also follow us on social media. Just search underscore MV podcast on any platform. This podcast was created and produced by Kip Wilkinson and Michael Horvath. This episode was mastered and scored by J.A. Parkey. To learn more about this project, you can visit us at mvpodcast.org. Thank you so much for listening. Now go tell your story. Oh, King Agrippa. Midday. You have to do it in a funny voice. Paul's kind of old here. King Agrippa. King Agrippa. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. And and so it's like a daily thing. You know, the people that you're around see you in in this testimony, in this moment. And so I think that's a lost train of thought. Choo-choo. You're welcome, Austin. The takeaway.